as a young person, it's always important to have someone to walk with you and support you through challenging times and difficult times. And that's exactly what our youth peer supports do. Listen in. Welcome to the Real Talk About Children's Mental Health podcast, brought to you by the Children's Center in Midtown Detroit. I'm your host, Laura LaFever, and I have the pleasure of being the Director of Community Projects at the Children's Center. In each episode, we'll get real about the unimaginable mental, social, and behavioral health challenges faced by Detroit's most vulnerable children and families every day. Why is this important? Because at the Children's Center, we're passionate about healing children. We believe every child deserves a chance to succeed, to become the amazing person they were born to be. Because we know when you lift a child's spirit, you ultimately lift an entire community. Welcome back, everyone, for another recording of Real Talk about Children's Mental Health. I'm your host, Laura LaFever. And in a session with me today are three incredible people who work with us at the Children's Center. And we're going to talk about Youth Peer Support Services, YPSS. Let me introduce or have our guests today introduce themselves, um, our Youth Peer Support staff. Uh, Stephanie, let's start with you. Hi, everyone. I am Stephanie Filatico. I'm a fully licensed clinical social worker, and I am one of the clinical supervisors in our general behavioral health program here at the Children's Center. Thank you, Stephanie. Tiana. Hi, guys. I'm Tiana. I'm the youth peer support specialist here in the uh, general behavioral health program as well. I've been here for maybe uh, for about a year now. Woohoo. And Tasneem. Hi, everyone. I'm Tasneem Abdul-Hamid. I am also a youth peer support specialist with the lovely Tiana, and I am also in the general behavioral health program working with these awesome ladies. Oh, my gosh. I just love the energy. You young ladies are so phenomenal, and I think it's so important for everyone, for all of our listeners to really understand, our families to understand what youth peer support services are um, people may see the acronym, the YPSS, and say, I'm just not quite sure what that means. And so, Stephanie, let's start with you, if you don't mind. Can you tell us and talk about what youth peer support services are? Absolutely. And thank you for having us today to talk about youth peer support services and this important topic of additional supports available to our children, teens, young adults, as they make their way along their journey toward mental health recovery. So to start, the youth peer support specialist role is filled by a a young adult aged 18 to 28 who has lived experience with receiving mental health services and or being part of the juvenile justice or foster care systems. Uh, Their role is to support, empower, encourage, and instill hope in the youth on their caseloads to effectively engage in their own treatment and work toward their own personal recovery. So one way the youth peer supports do this is by assisting their youth with finding their voice to advocate for their own needs throughout the treatment process. A big component of this role is the youth peer support specialists being willing and comfortable enough to strategically share their lived experiences with receiving mental health treatment to help support the clients on their journey toward improved mental health. Uh, and youth care support services can be delivered in the form of direct support, information sharing, and skill building. Uh, for a youth who may be interested in adding 
youth peer support to their treatment. They are typically at least 12 years old and can be up to 26 with active Medicaid. Um, additionally, the client would need to have an SED diagnosis, which is a serious emotional disturbance in the form of diagnoses such as anxiety, depression, oppositional defiance, ADHD, adjustment, um, or trauma to mm -hmm. name a few in order to qualify for the service. This is phenomenal. So Stephanie, what I'm hearing you say so that our families, so that we're clear. So when our families come in and their son or daughter, their child comes in for services, they're assigned a therapist uh, that they meet one-on-one -on -one with. But in addition to the therapist, they can also have a youth peer support. Correct. As long as they are uh, meeting those basic qualifications that I had just stated, mm -hmm. if they are interested in having that additional support to help walk them through, guide them through their own treatment, a youth peer support specialist can absolutely help with that. Oh, the, it, it's, it's phenomenal. So it's an additional service um, and, and it's peer related. So which is phenomenal um, and phenomenal. And I heard you talk about uh, lived experience. And so I'm just, you know what, I'm going to jump in and, and uh, say, Tiana, let's talk about lived experience. What we hear that, but what does that mean? So our lived experience mainly means um, like our lived experience that we've had through treatment, like being a part of treatment, um, and also just lived experience of things that we've gone through in our past um, is not always related to treatment. Um, treatment is a big part of it that we use because we're trying mm -hmm. to get our clients to speak up and uh, have more of a voice in their treatment. But we use like our lived experience from just um, problems that we had, like maybe when we were kids or if we, if we were their age, uh, like things that we're currently going through. Um, so that's basically like what the lived experience portion of it means. Wow. Wow. So talk to me, tell me, Tiana, and I want, I'm going to stick with you for a minute. Why are you peer support services so important? So I'm a young person. I'm coming in. Um, I'm, I'm coming into the children's center. I'm seeing my therapist. Um, why is it so important? Why would I want to have um, a YPSS? Um, a part of my treatment plan. For that peer-to-peer -peer support. So um, coming in, sometimes you can feel lonely or um, just kind of feel out of place. And so having somebody who you can relate to on a more personal level or even just a treatment-related level, um, it's good to know that somebody's like by your side and they're only and truly supporting you. So they are encouraging you. They are empowering you. Um, working to help you like speak up for yourself and just get through daily challenges that um, that you could be experiencing. So I think it's like very beneficial to have a youth peer support specialist because sometimes when we're in treatment, we just need that extra oomph. Like, you know, it's somebody that we know is <laughs> truly by our side and is truly going right. to stick up for us. That's right. And you said something so, so, so important. Um, I heard you say, you know, give voice to, and oftentimes, you know, it happens with medical services, mental health services. Um, we see doctors and physicians and therapists as those in authority. And we, t I would assume 
um, youth tend to be quiet and may not always share. Um, and so I hear you saying you also help them lend that voice and to really speak up around their treatment. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. I kind of relate it to like I'm holding their hand on the way. And it is it can be nervous being around like those authoritative figures, like you said, and um, just knowing that somebody is there that can kind of hold your hand it will is can make it just make it feel more comfortable yeah it's a guiding mm-hmm. hand it's really i could it's really a guiding hand to help walk through treatment which is so important because it can be very scary for the first mm-hmm. time so it's wonderful tasneem let me jump over to you yes <laughs> um let's talk about can you give me a, a an example of um some of the things that you do with um, the clients that you're working with, the young people that you're working with in treatment? Yeah, of course. So the thing I love about youth peer support is that it's such a versatile role. So we're doing a lot with our clients. Um, To give you like an example of what we can do, we, you know, encourage our youth and our clients to share their fears and concerns over their treatment. So sometimes Mm -hmm. when um, a youth is involved in treatment, they can get to kind of this like, place where they feel like, you know, this isn't working out, or I'm kind of afraid to tell my therapist that like, I'm not okay with what's going on in my treatment, or I feel like we can change something around. So a lot of times we're there to just encourage these youth to share those concerns and those fears to just encourage them to use their voice because they are kind of that leading component in their treatment. And sometimes we forget that when we're in therapy. So, um, you know, it's important for us to kind of be there to encourage them. A lot of other things we do, we like role play certain situations. So I know that as a youth myself, when I was, you know, younger, there was a lot of hurdles of fear that I kind of created around certain situations as I was entering adulthood. So sometimes Mm -hmm. these um, youth would have these situations and we just role play like, hey, you know, let's kind of walk through it. Let's role play how this conversation would go or let's role play how, um, you know, the situation would go that you're kind of afraid of and, um, you know, role play having a discussion with our therapist about something that we're concerned about in our treatment or something we want to change or, you know, something that they're doing that we're not comfortable with. So role playing is another really cool thing and just overall encouraging them to find confidence in their voice because, again, like I said, they are the leading component component in their treatment. So. No, absolutely. You have to find your voice. They have to find their voices in treatment because it is and it is. It's just that it's their treatment. It's their treatment plan. It's their treatment process. So it's phenomenal. So let's talk about COVID-19. Yes. Oh, boy. You know, that's it's in the news. It's it's in our face every day. And and Tasneem and Tiana, this is for both of you. So feel free to jump in. so what are what are our young people, you know, they're coming, you know, they're already dealing with their mental health journey or their you know, juvenile justice journey. It could be substance abuse. It could be a number of things. Um, what are we seeing or what are you all seeing um, as additional concerns and how do you help navigate um, during COVID-19? Yeah. You want to jump in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Go I'm ahead. definitely <laughs> um, noticing just a lot of uh, like boredom around being like stuck in the house. You know, when we're young, we're supposed to, not supposed to, but you know, we want to go out and experience and hang out with friends and hang out with family. And it's so hard having to be stuck in a house, especially if you're like an extroverted person or um, 
you know, you like going out. Mm-hmm. So I notice just a lot of boredom. Like they don't really know what to do. Social media can get boring sometimes. We want to go out and live in the world and not just like live virtually through the world. Um, so that I've been just, yeah, I've noticed a lot of, just a lot of boredom. <laughs> a lot of boredom, a lot of isolation. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, I'm glad you said, you know, said that, that the young people are also getting bored of social media because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, young people may be loving this. <laughs> they, you're, they're on social media, they're doing the Instagram, but I'm sure it can also be challenging as you're walking through your treatment. And there's this isolative factor now um, of not being around friends, not being around family. So I'm glad that you pointed it out that social media is not, <laughs> you know, is it end all right. be all in terms of engagement for young people. Mm-hmm. Tasneem, is there anything I know you, um, is there anything that you might want to add? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I definitely agree with Tiana. Like the the boredom is definitely a big thing. And we know that boredom leads sometimes to, you know, going back into certain mechanisms or habits that may not be the most healthy for us. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of us mm-hmm. have certain habits that may not be the most healthy. So having really nothing to do and also having this excess amount of screen time I think, um, you know, is difficult for a lot of youth, you know, they'll have, um, you know, eight hours of online school a day, synchronous and asynchronous, and then they'll have their session with their therapist, and then they'll have their session with their YPSS, like with myself or with Tiana, and it can get tiring. And I, you know, often like to put myself in their in their shoes to kind of think like, hey, um, you know, how can I make the session as engaging and as, you know, you know, not placing a lot of pressure on them as possible because they've already been sitting in front of the screen for 10 hours today. So how can I kind of be, you know, that session of relief for them and not maybe put more pressure on, hey, you know, tell me everything about your life and let's, you know, problem solve. Sometimes (laughs) our sessions just look like, you know, hey, let's, um, you know, do some journaling together and take a break from looking at the screen. I've done that with a bunch of, you know, um, our clients. So I think definitely many of the challenges are similar to what Tiana said, that boredom and, you know, having too much time on our hands, that excess screen time and, you know, feeling like there's that, you know, a lot of us millennials like to say like FOMO, like they're missing out <laughs> and what's going on in the world. So that there's, there's also that, that like, oh my gosh, like I'm so young, like I'm a senior in high school, I didn't get to go to prom or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, this type of person. And yeah. it can be definitely difficult to feel that way. And I just try to kind of empathize with that. So. Those are all strong points. You, you know, I, I, I realized, uh, well, when COVID start, happened, it happened in March. And, you know, you have those seniors, those 2020 seniors who weren't able to go to traditional graduations and proms. Definitely. And so uh, it is the factor of not being able to experience everything. Um, the, the way that, you know, I would, for lack of a better word, traditional things in terms of graduations and proms and I'm sure that adds extra pressure and anxiety um, of not being able to do those things and so you all are are walking through and as Tiana say kind of you know walking hand in hand to guide them through having a voice to talk about those challenges well Stephanie yes ma'am so if if um, you know my child is is seen uh, being seen at the children's center and I recognize, you know, hey, I think they're feeling, you know, some isolation. They're having some challenges really speaking up during treatment and giving a voice. How can they 
And I think you may have talked about this earlier, but if one just want to reiterate, what what can a parent do to get connected with parent support partners? So our youth peer support partners, they can. Thank you. I said parent. See, we have peer support <laughs> partners too, but our youth <laughs> peer support. So if a parent or their child are interested in the youth peer support service, there are a few ways that we can go about connecting. First, we would want to encourage the client and the parent to speak with their assigned clinician, and the assigned clinician can then reach out to Tiana or Tasneem to schedule a time where the both of them can connect. The youth peer support can jump into one of the sessions, either in the office or via telehealth to introduce themselves, explain the program in a more elaborate form. And if the client and parent are interested, then the clinician would enter the youth peer support service into the client and child's treatment plan and complete a referral form. And once that referral form is processed, I assist in connecting the and assigning a youth peer support to the client's case. It is just as easy as that. That's wonderful. I mean, it's a referral process and it's an internal process, but that's, it's fantastic. Stephanie, I want to give you an opportunity just to, um, Tiana and Tasneem uh, gave us a lot of information around what they did, but I want you to, uh, I want to be able to give you an opportunity to share your thoughts too around the work that these two young ladies are doing with our children Absolutely. The growth of our youth peer support program in general has been astounding. These dynamic individuals that I'm so lucky <laughs> to work with every day really have made such a difference in the lives of the clients that they have worked with. Um, just a couple of the things that we have really noticed with the impact mm -hmm. of having a youth peer support specialist assigned to clients is, I know it's been talked about, but those clients are really finding their voices and are developing that courage and that confidence to really speak up for their treatment needs. Or even if they feel like, hey, I've really accomplished what I have set out to do in treatment. I think I'm ready to be done with treatment. So the youth peer supports then come into play and develop like role-playing as Tasneem mentioned or developing scripts to have those conversations with parents who might show resistance or clinicians who may not fully know or understand the client's thoughts about where they are in treatment. So um, yeah, they've really done an exceptional job with helping their clients speak up for themselves, advocate for themselves, find that voice, um, even finding different strengths that they didn't even know they had or didn't know they were even interested in. So they're establishing new interests with clients, which is really cool. Um, they are helping our clients start thinking about future plans where maybe they didn't even think about what they're going to be doing tomorrow. And now all of a sudden they're talking about jobs and college applications. So that's something that we're, those youth peer supports, Tasneem and Tiana are hitting that instilling hope aspect of, um, of treatment and of the youth peer support goal. So that's also very, very exciting.
It's very exciting. You know, as you said, it's, again, I want to overemphasize, you know, helping young people find their voice. It's so important now, um, the advocacy, um, their voice and their treatment. And this voice, uh, finding your voice, that helps uh, with everything that they're going to do in their adult life. Um, it's so important to have your voice and be informed and to be involved. Um, and, and Tiana and Tasneem, um, you, you're stigma busters, um, fighting against stigma around mental health. Um, you know, you sharing your lived experiences um, is so important. And so I see it as just a great relationship to help young people know that they're not alone in this journey. They have the two of you to help walk through the process with them. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is wonderful. Well, ladies, I want to thank you for sharing um, the work that you do as youth peer support specialist, as we would say, youth <laughs> YPSS. Um, I want to thank you, the three of you, um, so much for everything that you do. And so for everyone listening, if you are a family with the Children's Center and you want to know more about youth peer support services, Please make sure you can find the information on our website um, with our main contact information there. And also contact your therapist. Have a conversation and let them know that you and your child are interested in youth peer support services. And you can work with this wonderful team who does such a great job. So Tasneem, Tiana, and Stephanie, thank you for your time. Thank you. So thank, you. Mm -hmm. thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the Real Talk About Children's Mental Health podcast. Our mission, going all the way back to 1929, is to help children and families shape their own futures. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And please, please share with your friends on social media. The more people we can reach with the information we share on this podcast, the more children and families we can help get the care they need and deserve. Thank you for listening to the Real Talk About Children's Mental Health Podcast. I'm Laura LaFever, and until next time, remember to live, love, and laugh by being intentional about helping children to heal, grow, and thrive.